This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Right now we turn our attention to who else? New York Jets. Who else? Aaron Rodgers. Is he coming? Is he going? What's it going to take to get him here? Here's a man who will try to give us some answers because he's not in the Aaron Rodgers circle, but he does a nice job anyway for the Associated Press. He is Dennis Wazek who covers the Jets for them. Hi, Dennis. Happy Sunday. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Larry. How are you? I'm, uh, I, I'm not in a circle. I sometimes think I do have my own uh, darkness retreat, um, <laughs> certainly being on this beat as long as I've been. Um, you know, there, there have been those moments for sure. And, and you've shared uh, quite a few yeah. of them with me over the years. Yeah, we, we, we when we when we put our book out together, <laughs> we got some stories. Oh my goodness, do we have some stories, Dennis? So here's my first question to you: uh, In the years that you've been writing, has anybody told you to lose their number? <laughs> uh, I can't say I, uh, anyone has ever told me that. No, no, that's uh, that was a new one. Um, and we're we're all kind of dealing with uh, new stuff here with this this story going on here. So yeah, that was a new one. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was, my friend. I'm sure it was. All right, Dennis. Let, let's let's backtrack. What do we know right now? Where are we compensation wise uh, from your best guess and from your reporting? The combination of both. Where are we? Is it is it going to take a couple of twos? Is it going to be the one? What what do we know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's still all up in the air. I mean, it seems that the Packers, and, and you know, this this is like, you know, wash, rinse, repeat for, for everybody who's been following the story, for all the Jets fans who want to know what's happening, for the Packers fans as well. Um, really, it, it's it's one of those things where it looks like the Packers really have dug in. The, the, they know that the Jets want them. They also know Rodgers wants the Jets but the Packers don't want Rodgers either. So there's, it's a staring, a stare down right now. That's, I mean, that's probably the best way to put it. And you have to think the Jets don't want to part ways with that number 13 overall pick. Um, They now have two second round picks with the trade of Elijah Moore to Cleveland. So they've got those in play. I, I think if you're the Jets, you just, it's tough to be able to justify giving up that first round pick when you need so many other things, especially at on offensive line where you could get a guy who could be a starter for several years at number 13. So I think all of those things are in play, but I, I think, I think eventually somebody has got to blink and I think it's the Packers who need to blink in the situation and they'll have to do it too, because you know, time is, is starting to become a factor here because there are certain dates that will be will, will be hitting, and we'll have to see who's going to make the move next. So I think until that happens, we're still in this holding pattern. So Dennis, since you mentioned Elijah Moore, let's stop there for a second. What happened to him, Dennis? When yeah. he was first drafted, he was a guy that appeared to be a foundational piece from the receiving core. His first year, he he flashed off the off off the tape with some brilliant brilliant performances. Last year, we get into, how come I'm not playing? I want to be traded. Now he's traded. I mean, you were there. What happened? Yeah, it's it's really an intriguing situation because, like you said, I mean, it, there were things that just flashed, especially uh, his rookie year. I remember seeing him in training camp 
of his rookie season, and you, you just saw this guy uh, who could be a real playmaker for the Jets for years to come, a guy who could do all different things with a combination of speed and, and, and route running and, and just different things that he could bring to an offense. So you figured, oh, this, this is a piece, you know, and then he goes out and he has, you know, a pretty solid rookie season with 43 catches and five touchdowns. He played 11 games. He got hurt. Remember, he had that, that squad mm-hmm. injury. Um, but he was still a guy that you thought, okay, he's a building block. And then, you know, it just it just kind of went sour fast. And it was one of those things where it wasn't clear, you know, evidence that this was happening. All of a sudden it was like, well, he's not really getting involved in the offense. What gives? And, and I think it was your own Rich Samini who tweeted like, hey, you know, he didn't get any targets. And that kind of, you know, kind of – made everyone notice like, Hey, yeah, what's up with that? And Elijah Moore tweeted, you know, if I wanted to, if I could say what I wanted to, you know, I'd look selfish, but that really got the ball rolling. And then uh, there was a disagreement with LaFleur and on and on and on. And it just clearly they lost faith in him uh, and that he could be a guy that they can count on, on the field, off the field in terms of uh, being a locker room presence. But, 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 from all indications, his teammates loved him. So it, it really is a strange situation. I just think even with a new offensive coordinator here, uh, they, maybe they just don't think he's a fit. And by getting McCall Hardman, um, he replaces more, and he replaces Braxton Berrios. So here's a guy who's got speed and he's got versatility, and you basically replace two guys with one in, in some, you know, some ways. Um, so yeah, it just, it's weird. I, I could see him going to Cleveland and, and really being a star with Deshaun Watson, just being a guy who makes plays out of the backfield, running the jet sweep, short slot outside, everything you thought he'd be with the jets. Yeah. There's no question about it. Dennis Wasak is my guest covers the jets for the AP. You're listening to the Larry Hardesty show here on 9870 ESPN. All right, Dennis, what are some of the other moves? We'll come back to Aaron Rodgers cause we have to. But one of some of the other moves that you see the Jets trying to do now, obviously, as you mentioned, they're not the quarterback away. They, they need some things to, to get better with, some positions. The thing that's real interesting to me is, and I'm, I'm curious to see how the Jet brass feels about this, uh, because they can't be duped again. Makai Becton looks in tremendous shape, uh, uh, Dennis. He looks like he's ready to go. But if you're Joe Douglas and company, you can't, fall into the trap of depending on him again without having a viable backup. And I think it was good for them to add some other offensive linemen as reserves. Right. And and I think when you look at what they have as potential starters right now, you've got Lakin Tomlinson at left guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, who should be healthy, uh, maybe playing right on the right side. You've got Dwayne Brown coming off of the shoulder surgery left tackle, and then Makai Beckton at right tackle, perhaps. But those, there are a lot of uncertainties there, and you don't have a center. So, so you know, you, you sign guys like Wes Schweitzer from Washington and Tristan Colon from Baltimore, but those, those guys are more depth pieces. They're replacing guys like Dan Feeney and, and some others who could kind of rotate in. Um, I, I think, you know, it, they, they, were, they were high on Max Mitchell, the rookie, last year until he had some health issues. He's another uncertainty. So I, I think that's one of the things you're looking at with that number 13 pick. They know that they could probably get somebody 
who will be a starter for a long time at that spot. And, you know, maybe if it goes to next year's draft, they don't get that high a pick they're hoping, you know? So um, I, I think the line, if everybody's healthy, but like you said, you can't rely on Beckton being healthy yet because he hasn't proven it. I mean, I, you got to like what you see. Um, it, you wonder, like, you know, it, will he have the same effectiveness? You know, I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure he's following whatever the trainers are, are telling him to do, but what a, an amazing transformation he's had. Yeah, and then you get concerned because he's training and he's doing the hard work, but he's not doing football moves. And you know the old saying, Dennis, he's he could be in great shape, but is he in football shape? And and that right. he's not right. in foot we know he's not in football shape because he hasn't been playing. So how does he get in football shape and can his body handle the, the physicality of play in, you know, on the line in the National Football League? Right. And that's why there are so many questions with that line and things that you need to continue to be uh, answered for, by the Jets and Joe Douglas. And, and it's, it's hard to trust in what you have right now on this roster, uh, no matter who the quarterback is, uh, you know, to be able to protect and, and just kind of open lanes. And you hope that Becton is healthy and he's a guy that you drafted a few years ago. You, you hope Elijah Vera Tucker comes back and he's fine and he becomes that star that he was really on the way to becoming before he got hurt last year. And then you just hope, like, the two vets that you know are, are around in, in Tomlinson and Dwayne Brown, that they're just – they stay healthy and consistent. Um, but, again, that, that's, that's a big thing they're going to need to address either in the draft and or getting some other guys in, in uh, you know, the late stages of free agency if they're, you know – People have talked about Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtiari, and, and maybe he's an option, an expensive one at that. But I think right now, all things are on the table. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Dennis. Uh, let's go on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we're not talking Jets unless we're talking the need for a pass rush. And um, listen, they had the secondary has really improved. Uh, Sauce Gardner was outstanding, as evidenced by his defensive uh, player of the year and, 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 you know, how well he did in his first year. But it's still all about getting pressure on the quarterback. And for them, Dennis, stopping the run, which has been, could, could we dare say it? It's been an issue since Chris Jenkins stopped playing <laughs> for them. <laughs> it's true. And I think that's why the talk about Calais Campbell visiting the Jets this week, uh, it, it, it's, it makes sense. I mean, that, that's a big-bodied guy. And, and you mentioned Chris Jenkins, and that's who I thought of, right? a guy – you put on that line and, you know, he could just eat guys up, you know, and, and that's what we saw with Jenkins when he was healthy um, on that, that defensive line back then. And I, I think he could really help guys like Quinn and Williams and, and John Franklin Myers and Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, even uh, having a, a bigger role in Carl Lawson, you know, um, you know, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. They, they need that guy, especially since they lost, Sheldon Rankins and, you know, even to an extent, Nathan Shepard, they, they need, they need some, some bigger bodied guys. So Clay Campbell, I, I think would be at the right price, a, a terrific fit on that D line. Yeah. You, you always look at that and, and come on this. We talk about teams that have identities and, and obviously if Aaron Rodgers come, the identity is going to be the offense. But really when you think about jets, when they're successful, the identity has been their defense has been, you know, and that's the reason why, because their defense, 
played very well for most of the season. The last six games, not so much. On the field, a lot, a lot of, you know, reasons that we can go into over and over and over again. But the bottom line is because the defense kind of showed you that they're taking strides, we're making strides ahead of the offense. That's why they made the deal. To, they're doing the deal right now to try to bring Aaron Rodgers here. So the team's identity is their defense. And, you know, the question becomes, all right, you were successful last year, uh, top five in D, but now teams have had the whole offseason to dissect what you were doing. What's the pressure on Robert Sala and company to, you know, maintain and improve what they were able to do last season? Yeah, I think it's it's a, a big uh, point of emphasis for the Jets, for for Sala and for Jeff Ulbrich, the D coordinator. Um, I, I think the move trading for Chuck Clark is going to help in that back end, bringing in a safety like him, a hard hitter, um, to team with uh, looks like Jordan Whitehead, um, you know, for now. And then and then you have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed at the corner spots, and I, I think that. That is a solid, really, really solid secondary right there. And as you know, that helps up front too. And, and I think if you could get a guy like a Calais Campbell to kind of man that, that front and to help just kind of take up space and take up uh, blockers to help the edge rushers and, and that, you know, I, I think all of that works together. So I think that's what they're thinking, that, you know, bringing in Chuck Clark will help even more on that back end and then just getting an, another piece or two and, you know, hopefully an improved Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens on the line as well. So um, I, I think they feel good about the, the defense. I, I think um, bringing Quincy Williams back and having him uh, with C.J. Mosley, they, they wanted some stability, some co- uh, continuity there. And uh, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Quan Alexander back uh, mm. for the role that he played last year too. So, I think they feel pretty good about that defense going in. Um, so I think that's something they're, they're again going to rely on this year for sure. Yeah, and 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 then it's, it's unbelievable, but it just seems like no matter who the coaching staff is or the coordinators or what, you see the same mistakes. Too many men on the field, give up thirteen when it's when it's twelve on third down. It's just it's unbelievable. It just it, it just seems to permeate. That team. I'm sure other teams do it. I'm not saying they're the only team that does it, Dennis, but it, it, it transcends who coaches. It's amazing to me. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's us, you know, maybe <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Something, yeah. I mean it's just it, it is a weird thing that yeah, we we seem to talk about this no matter who the coaching staffs are and then the players, but yeah, it, it is one of those things and and uh, as well as the defense played last year, there were those times where they would get hit with those those penalties or, or the the you know the, the the blown coverages or you know blown assignments. So uh, you know that that's got to be something that they got to cut down. But you know, in fairness to the defense, they probably felt they had to be perfect. So every little mistake last year, in particular, I was like, okay, it was exacerbated because the offense was so terrible. You know. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, two more for you, Dennis. Um, is Zach Wilson really going to be the backup quarterback on this team? Are yeah, they going to bring another so. quarterback? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think they'll they'll definitely bring another quarterback in. Um, I, I would probably bring somebody in who's got some experience, maybe 
you know, a journeyman type guy, maybe even like a Josh Johnson, you know, he seems to just kind of bounce around and, and, and do well. Somebody like that, who the coaching staff has some familiarity with. Um, but as far as Zach Wilson, I mean, it, if they do pull this off and it, it seems that it's a question of when, not if, but getting Aaron Rodgers in, if Zach Wilson has to sit back and be a backup, well, you're bringing in the guy who he, you know, tried to emulate. This is a guy who he idolized as a kid. Um, for as far as he's concerned, okay, this stinks, but I mean, I'm sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, so let me try to learn and let me try to get this together. So I think it would be uh, just a completely invaluable experience for him just to to kind of um, learn from Aaron Rodgers, and I think that'll help him moving forward now I don't know what his future is with the Jets because you would hope that Aaron Rodgers is here for more than a year and then you move forward and then by that time Zach Wilson's deal will be up and you know who knows but for his development it probably would be the best thing and it's unfortunate for him that there wasn't something like this in place in his rookie year Mm -hmm. where he could really learn because clearly he needed to sit and even Michael Flores said that last year, you know, in last season that, you know, we made a mistake. And you get so excited by a kid's potential. And then, you know, when he doesn't live up to it, he starts swimming and he's just treading water. And and now we get to a point where Robert Sala is telling him to relax and read books. You know, it just yeah. that's that's when you know, OK, this kid needs a complete reset for sure. Dennis, are you are you ready for this to end? I, I know you want to. I know you oh. love the, the chase and, and the whole idea of just trying to, you know, get through this and all the research and all the phone calls. I, I know you like to stretch this out a little bit. Uh, are we close to the end? <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm I'm close to the end of my sanity. I think that you could say that. But uh, uh, I think here's the thing, Larry. I think maybe, perhaps, hopefully, fingers crossed. Something could happen this week at the owners' meetings. Maybe, hmm. uh, they, you know, they they talk, the sides talk a little bit, kind of hash some things out in person, you know, and, and maybe get to move forward from there. But then, you need, like I mentioned, the dates early on. April 17th is the first day of the team's report. Hmm. Uh, May 22nd is the first day of the OTAs for the Jets. Then there's the June 1st deadline, um, or not the deadline, but the June 1st, uh, point where uh, the dead cap hit for Rodgers with the Packers goes from 40 million to 15 million. So did yeah. the Packers just hold tight and go from there? But if that's the case, and the sides agree to it. You hope that 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 happens. We know that, and then June 1st that happens, and boom. But right now, everything seems so much in the air. So. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for this to end, Larry. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> Dennis, always good. Thanks thanks for a couple of minutes, and we'll keep reading you on the AP, my friend. You, you got it, Larry. Anytime, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Dennis Wise, I got the AP. All right, Jet fans, we'll get your thoughts on what Dennis had to say, and I'll give you some thoughts of my own next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. As you folks know, there's really no update. Still don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. You know, see, here's the thing. I'm thinking if let's look at this from Green Bay's perspective, right? And we get to the calls in a second. If I'm Green Bay, 
I'm doing what's best for me. Okay? I'm doing what's best for me. I think between April 17th, and the Jet Beat Riders are going to hate me for this. I think between, and the Packer Riders too, between April 17th, the cap day, and the draft is when you'll finally get this situated and solved. I think it's going to be, I think the money is going to be the, it's, listen, you folks are fans. It's always about the money. It's always about the money. Yes, I'm sure Green Bay is trying to tweak them a little bit because they know that there's no, there's no car, there's no Jimmy G, there's, there's not many other options out there. So I get it. And I know that Green Bay is trying to turn the screws to them to see if they can get something more. Understanding that, yeah, when we talk about that leverage thing, that you know, talking about that, that's why they're going to try to do this where they could, we'll hold on until the cap hit doesn't hit us as hard and then we'll make the deal. Here's the jet problem, though. Joe Douglas has to make this deal. He's got no other options. He has to make this deal. Everything has been centered around Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets. Everything, everything is Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets. He's got to make this deal. And he really needs to make it soon because he wants Aaron Rodgers' hand on the playbook. And even though he's, he's worked with Nathaniel Hackett, so he kind of knows what the playbook is. All right, but he still he want and he wants him in camp, and he wants him to be able to do workouts with these guys and stuff like that. He wants him to be a Jet. He wants to, he wants to get going, and you know you want to have your ticket packages and things of that nature too. You know from the monetary side of it as well. So both teams are under pressure, but the pressure to me, it's clearly on the Jets. Clearly, it's not even close. I promise your calls are next on 987 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. I don't sense that that has to be in play, but there's also a reason why this hasn't gotten done yet. I mean, I think it's premature to say that, that anything is or isn't in play. I mean, that's the point of a negotiation. I will absolutely say that that trade we saw, that's a move directly formed to, to create the type of assets to get Aaron. You move from the third round to the second round, get that pick for Elijah Moore, and put Michael Hardman there. Uh, still in the slot, and you're starting to get the ammo. So whatever picks you throw together, you can go ahead and throw that second-round pick in the mix. Jeff Darlington was on Bart and Han last week and said, you know, everybody's concerned about that 13th pick overall, you know, in the first round for the Jets. They may not need to do that. That's why they kind of made the move to get a couple of twos. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to you on the phones. Vinny's in Staten Island. What's up, Vin? What's up, Larry? How are you? Good, man. What's happening? Larry, I agree with you 100%. Green Bay has all the leverage in this. Anybody who says otherwise is crazy. The Jets are all in on Rodgers. If they don't sign this guy, they're stuck with Wilson and Shrevla. Green Bay still has two quarterbacks. They got Lovin. I think Green Bay just don't give a shit. All right, let's move on. Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, good afternoon, Larry. It's nice to follow Dennis, a good guy and good reporter. It's a good report he gave. You know, first of all, I got to start with Becton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. Uh-uh. I don't care if this guy looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or whatever, or GQ model. Um, I, I got to have insurance. And I, you know what? He's got to compete for a starting job. 
So, um, and I'm sure that's the direction they'll go. But with all this leverage stuff, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I don't care. You know, it's something that people have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Both of them have their backs against the wall. Because the Packers cannot have Aaron Rodgers show up there in May. They got to get rid of him. The Jets have to get Aaron Rodgers because they don't have a quarterback, and the owner's probably pounding the table to get this deal done. Mm-hmm. So, however this thing plays out, I- I'll tell you the truth, Larry. I think I'm so sick and tired of this. I tell the Packers, this is the deal. You're getting a two this year, and you're getting maybe a conditional pick next year. You don't like it? Call me in June. Because guess what? The Packers are going to end up trading him anyway. There's no, mm-hmm. he, he has no place to play, and he's not going to retire. So guess what? I'll keep my 13th pick. I'll keep my two twos. Because if you don't want to make a deal, you're going to get less when you trade him after June 1st. Right. But as the team, the, the team in general, Larry, I, I think that they seem to be heading in the right direction. Dennis is on all the spots, the offensive line. You, they can't stop. They haven't stopped the run since you go back to – Marty Lyons or go back to Jerry Philbin, and it's been a long time. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking so, about. So, so they need to get that resolved. And I'll tell you the truth, what, what, whatever first pick they have, whether it's the 13th pick, the 42nd pick, it doesn't matter. The last thing I want to know, and I know what to need, you cannot draft a defensive tackle when you're on the verge of giving Quinn Williams a $100 no. million dollar contract. You're right. Okay. So you got to keep you got to keep that in mind. And as for Zach Wilson being a backup quarterback, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you you got to get a journeyman like you guys talked about, or you know maybe in the later rounds if you think there's a developmental type of quarterback you want to draft, you do that. But the only issue I have with that, I don't know if you agree. Let's say the Jets are ten and two, and God forbid Rogers gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't you can't forget about Zach. I didn't even put him in the equation. You can't turn it out to, I mean, how many purdies are there that are floating around? Yeah. So that's why I, I, I would kind of lean towards some type of journeyman if there's somebody out there before camp mm-hmm. or during the summer. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, let's hope Roger stays healthy. I mean, it's very simple, Ira. You don't want history to repeat itself. You need somebody. You saw what happened when Favre went down. Okay, you that's need right. somebody that, could, that knows how to manage the ship. And can go in there and and hold you hold you accountable because and thanks for the phone call. I always good hearing from you because here's the thing: you're in the situation if you're ten and two. Your goal here is to get to the Super Bowl. Your goal here is to get to the postseason and move. I mean, that's why you're going. That's why you're making all these changes. That's why you're trying to bring Aaron Rodgers in because it's not just about making the postseason. You could have made the postseason last year with a competent quarterback. This is about going deep into the postseason, all right? And if you're 10-2, you're, you're either – you should be leading the division or 1-2 in the conference. You don't want to lose that spot. So you, I'm, not turning, I'm not turning the team over to Zach Wilson at 10-2. Are you kidding me? Why would I do that? I'm not. <laughs> so I need a, a competent quarterback who understands what it takes, who can make decisions, who knows what, what's coming – who understands what's going on. And beside that, I just, the other interesting thing to me is how will the, how would this team respond if he was the backup and he had to be brought in, considering that most of, and every team has a turnover of players every year. We understand that. We get it. We know it. 
But can you imagine guys who were here last year if something, you know, happens and Zach Wilson had to come into the game? <laughs> love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room. I would love to be. Mike Simonalapin, what's up, Mike? Hey, Larry, how you doing? Um, if I sound like I'm talking to someone else, I just got my three-year-old in the house. I'm trying to get her down for a nap. So if I say potty, I'm not talking to you. Okay, I hope not. I was just calling about the, the Jets and just, you know, people using the word great or on the precipice of one player away with regards to defense. Um, my, my point being that in the beginning of the season, and again, you can't, you can't um, judge who they play against, whoever you play against, but they did get fortunate. I mean, I think the first seven games they played against backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. or one even the backup to the backup, mm-hmm. which, look, they play great, so you can't take it away from them. But then again, at the end of the season, I know they were on the field for a long time. There were certain games they didn't show up, and they just needed one stop, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So when you, people throw around the word great, I just don't see them as great. They're good. Mm-hmm. But the word great is used too much, and I just think, you know, championship defense, I just don't think they're there. I think, you know, they were fortunate, again, with the numbers in the beginning of the season where they just seemed, you know, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the word great is thrown around a little bit too much with regards to the defense. Well, I hear what you're saying, Mike. Good luck putting your daughter down. Thanks for the phone call. Um, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. They're not a, they're not a championship-caliber defense. The Niners are a championship-caliber defense. But um, you can still win with a good defense. See, if I learned the Kansas City. Kansas City does not have a great defense either. They won, they got another Super Bowl because of their offense. So here's what I will say to you. We agree that they're not a great defense. I think people call them a great defense because of their ranking. And even with the struggles they had afterwards, even dropping the six games where they were, they struggled to get stops, but they still didn't give up a lot of points. So I think that's where people will interpret it. Uh, They are not a championship defense. They still have holes in that defense. We talked about it, their inability to stop the run, which really is their biggest problem. Because if they were able to stop the run, they wouldn't be in second and third situations where it's so manageable, the team just has to lean forward and they got a first down. It's what they give up on first down that has really hurt this team. It's the penalties that Dennis and I talked about that has really hurt this team. Yes, were they on the field a lot? They were on the field sometimes 70, 75 plays. That's a lot of plays to be on the field. Uh, and, and yes, the special teams didn't help them and the offense didn't help them. So you are right. Uh, they are not a championship caliber team. Rankings-wise, they are a great defense. But for me, I'd say they are really good defense that needs improvement. So we'll see what happens. And they know they got to do some work. That's why they're trying to uh, bring in Kalias Campbell, who, listen, would be a, a godsend for them as far as stacking up the middle. And you see the year Quentin Williams had this year. Man, if Campbell gets in there, his numbers could go way up. More conversation on the Jets are next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's interesting. It's an interesting, um, some interesting numbers. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Right now we're talking Jets. Hey, back to the phones. Alessandro is in Sycamore Park. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Al. Yeah, happy to be on your uh, show here. I I agree on certain things. I, I think that their defense is good, not great. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, I want to ask you what, another name out there I haven't heard too much about, but what about uh, Matthew Stafford? He's a guy who won a Super Bowl. He's a little younger. You know, he he uh, you know, he could become available. I mean, the L.A. Rams are not going anywhere. What are your thoughts on that? Well, he has been rumored, Alessandro. Thanks for the phone call. There has been some names. As a matter of fact, there were a couple of articles. Pro Football Focus was one of them that uh, comes to mind where he was the backup plan originally to Aaron Rodgers that the Rams were interested in listening. Uh, so maybe that's an outside shot um, if indeed things go south with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, of course, the, the, the number one overall favorite would be Lamar Jackson. But the issue with Lamar Jackson is that even if you offer him a sheet, I mean, with the type of a tag that was placed on him, franchise tag by Baltimore, they could still match and, and sign him. Now, there's not a rush to sign a, anybody to a fully guaranteed contract in the National Football League, and we will all agree that Deshaun Watson is a, you know, an outlier. So there's not a rush to have that happen again. And unfortunately for Lamar, what hurts him is the fact that he hasn't he hasn't been healthy enough to help his team in the postseason the past two seasons. So there's a lot of skepticism from that standpoint about giving him a guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. And just the fact that fully guaranteed contracts, the owners are not trying to set that as a precedence in the national football league. I can guarantee you that Mitch is in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Larry? This is good. How you doing? This is Saget here. Mm-hmm. I see the Jets are desperate and so are the Packers. You know, Tannehill wouldn't be such a bad option, especially if you can keep those number one picks. But, uh, I, I think be, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Mitch. Who, who wouldn't be a bad option? Uh, Tannehill from oh, Ryan Tennessee. Tannehill? If he's available. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Tannehill. I mean, uh, Lamar's going to cost you too much. Uh, the Browns, uh, that contract should have been avoided, right? They should, couldn't the owners have done something with that contract? I mean, if, you can't, if, you can't give, if you're giving out guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks, you should do it for running backs. You should do it for everybody. It's, it's really not fair. Yeah, I hear what but you're saying. Anyway, uh, you know, probably maybe they could have, but I don't. I, you know, the, the collusion issue is it would come into focus as it's kind of coming into into focus here right now, Mitch, uh, because there's some conversation, especially if you listen to Team Lamar, about the fact that listen, how come you know can't anybody do that? You know, the, the owners just aren't going to do it. It's just uh, you know it would send their insurance rates up the roof. <laughs> That's for sure. John is in Connecticut. What's up, John? Uh, good afternoon, Larry. So I just I have a question and, and a couple of comments. I mean, what are the realistic expectations as far as the success for the Jets go if Rodgers does come over? Because they're not winning a Super Bowl. I mean, they're not going to duplicate. Tampa Bay was certifiably better in virtually every position that there is compared to what the Jets were. And Brady is a better leader than Rodgers is. So couldn't have we t- – because we don't know what the Jets are actually going to give away to finally acquire Rodgers if they do. It Wasn't there a half measure? Wasn't there a guy a notch or two below Rodgers who could have taken us to the second round without my, my fear giving away the house, so to speak, for two years to come? Yeah, they probably were a couple of them. I mean, Carr probably could have gotten them to the second round. Um, Jimmy G probably could have got them to the second round, but – from management, they want Aaron Rodgers. That's who they want. That's who the owner wants. That's why they're still in this situation right now. 
which will set them back years to come if they wind up doing what I fear they're going to do. What do you fear they're going to do? I think they're going to give away the first round. I think they're going to give. I, I think they're going to give away whatever it is ultimately the the Packers demand because they put themselves in a position now where there is no out. They have to make this deal. Yeah, I agree with you, John. Thanks for the phone call. They, they, that's what they're trying to do. There's no question they want Aaron Rodgers. It's simple. It's plain, obvious. That's who they want. And I don't think they want to give up the first-round pick. Otherwise, the deal would have been done. So let, let's. that's the one thing, John. They don't want to give up a first-round pick. Uh, their thought process is that, you know, and Bart Scott has said it well on Barton Hunt. They gave up a third-round pick for Brett Favre, similar scenario, similar quarterback resume, and they're not, they didn't have to give up a first-round pick for him. They don't feel they should give up a first-round pick for uh, Aaron Rodgers for a year, two at the most. And maybe he'll play three, but, you know, the thought, the, when somebody tells you they were, they were 90% retired, okay, they're not sticking around three, four years. So you figure they're going to go one or two years. And if, if I'm the Jets, I feel the same way. I'm not giving up a first-round pick for a one-year rental. And once again, that's why they, to me, that's why they've made the decision that uh, they've made as far as to say, you know, we're not giving up a, a number one pick. And I agree, they shouldn't give up a number one pick. Why? I wouldn't do it. I definitely wouldn't do it. Now, on the other side, you'll say to me, well, listen, number one pick, come on. If, if you think if, if this is the guy who is going to take you to the promised land, if you think that you've got to have him and, and he's got to be the guy, then what, who cares about the pick? If he gets you a Super Bowl, what do you care about having a number one pick? Well, it's not guaranteed that he's getting me to the Super Bowl. He, in their mindset, he improves their chances of getting them to the Super Bowl, but it's not guaranteed to get them to the Super Bowl. At Mara Entertainment says, I'm not worried about Rodgers on Twitter. I'm more concerned about giving up that 2023 first-round pick and those second-round picks. If the Jets OC is who they say he is, then roll the dice. If Green Bay gets greedy, we need offensive linemen, we need linebackers, and tight end depth. Well, you've got a bunch of tight ends. Um... So I hear what you're saying, and that's why, once again, as I just said, they're not going to – that's not what they're going to do. I don't see them giving up the first-round pick. If anything, they'll give up two second-round picks, which is why I believe part of the reason they made the deal. Dennis Wozak mentioned it. Okay. Um, and others have mentioned it as well. They will probably give up a pair of twos, maybe, to get the deal done. But Green Bay's trying to hold out because Green Bay's on the clock, in my opinion, where their clock is looking at, you know what, let's um, let's see if we can hold on until we get to that money situation where we can just, it takes not that much money off our cap. Then we'll make a deal. Justin's in Tom's River. Hey, Justin, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, thank you for taking my call. You know, I really respect your football acumen, and, you know, I love talking football with you. You know, you brought up a lot of great points. You know, I'm, I am happy as a Jets fan. I'm 35 years old, and, you know, the last time the Jets have had a home playoff win yeah. was in 2002, and that's a long time. I was in my early 20s at that time. You know, but the thing you brought up that I really agree with, 
yes, this team is is close, but they're not one player away. You know, obviously there are deficiencies on the offensive line and defensive line. And one of the things that I, I'm really a big proponent is, yes, I agree with you, the blueprint for this team when they have success is on the defensive side of the ball. You know, with, with those teams with Parcells in those early years with Herm Edwards, they had a great defense. You know, and the big piece that they're missing is that outside edge rusher. And that's a big piece in the NFL. You've got to be able to line up and win those one-on-one battles. You know, the Jets last year was a lot of it besides Quinton Williams winning on the inside. They had to schematically get pressure. And, and sometimes, you know, at, at a certain point, you're going to get exposed. Like you said, you know, teams have been scheming them up all year. And a big piece the Jets, I think, need to bring in is that, is that edge. Maybe, like, they draft him like a Nolan Smith out of, you know, out of Georgia. <clears throat> but, you know, it, they're close. But, you know, this team, one thing I don't like is the fact that, you know, there, you hear these rumblings, maybe OBJ coming in and mm. Zeke Elliott. You know, I really don't like that because there is a core on this team. And, it, like, you saw with Brees Hall and uh, Mike, Michael Carter, you know, when does that start to affect the locker room that you're not keeping the core players and you're bringing too many outside pieces in at this point? Yeah, that's a great point, Justin. And I think, um, and thanks for the phone call and the compliment. I just think for them, it's about trying to please Aaron Rodgers with people that he's going to be comfortable with, that he can surround himself with people that he's played alongside that he has a trust factor with. Uh, I think he's also looking for people who have won hardware and they bring that sense of winning because they've experienced it. They know what it takes. So I think all that comes into play as well. So, but you're right. You do have a young nucleus and you want to make sure that that young young nucleus not only gets better, has the opportunity to play and to learn and to soak up the positives from what, you know, you have from these, these players. And, of course, the other question becomes, you know, how, you know, how do you how do you coach them up? How do you pay them when the time comes? But for right now, the only thing that is on their minds is to try to get this team to the next level. Remember, Justin, this team has not made the postseason since it ended in Pittsburgh in 2010. The 2010 season. That's the last time this team made the postseason. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN.